Hi, I'm Susan Olson. I used to be Cindy Brady. I guess I always will be. Um, I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Hey there, welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. Brian Zemrak with you. This week, we take you down memory lane with a... uh, one of the original Brady Bunch kids. That's right, Susan Olson, who played Cindy Brady, the youngest of the Brady Bunch. She joins us to chat about the Brady Bunch show, uh, about her new book, Love to Love You, Brady's, about the Brady Bunch Variety Hour, which came after the original show had ended, and a lot more. And she answers a few of the hundreds of emails we received from people who had questions for her. Unfortunately, we couldn't get them all on because it would have taken forever, but uh, we got uh, quite a few of them on, so stick around for that. That's coming up your way on the interview segment of On Screen and Beyond, coming up in a few minutes. But right now, let's get right in to take a look at what's going on as far as remakes on Remake Madness next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. As far as Remake Madness, Walt Disney Pictures is looking to make a 3D adaptation of the Beatles' classic animation Yellow Submarine, in which the Beatles travel to Pepperland to save the magical land from the evil blue meanies. All right, and look for a 2012 release on that and massive merchandising, I'm sure. Robert Zemeckis is going to direct that one. And we'll keep you informed as that goes along. And also a retelling of the classic Dorian Gray movie story will come your way in September about a corrupt young man who stays young forever, but a special painting gradually reveals his inner ugliness. That's a classic story there. That's about it for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at what's coming away as far as upcoming movies. Off in the horizon. That's right. It's next on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming movies from On Screen and Beyond. It looks like 2010 will bring us Little Murder. It's set in New Orleans, and it's about a disgraced detective... Uh, and he's contacted by a ghost who wants him to find her killer. And Terrence Howard and Josh Lucas star in that one. And Mandy Moore and Martin Freeman will star in a romantic comedy called Swinging with the Finkels. And it also features Jonathan Silverman, Melissa George, and Jerry Stiller. And one more, Anna Paquin. Matt Damon and Matthew Broderick have completed a film due out this year called Margaret. It's about a young woman who witnesses a bus accident and gets caught up in whether or not it was intentional or not. That's about it for upcoming movies from On Screen to Beyond. Coming up next, taking you down to Sequel City, finding out what's going on as far as sequels coming your way, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, it looks like Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World fame. Remember him? He returns in Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever, a sequel to the 2003 film in which he died, or at least we thought. And this time, a flesh-eating virus spreads at a high school prom via a popular brand of bottled water. And in 2010, January 15th to be exact, it will bring us Hoodwinked 2, Hood versus Evil, and this time, Riding Hood, Little Red Riding Hood, and The Wolf look into the disappearance of Hansel and Gretel. And Bo Bridges will star in Free Willy Escape from Pirate's Cove in 2010. Now, this is a continuation of the Free Willy movies about the orca whale there, and uh, this will be number four. And that's about it for sequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at TV on DVD. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Well, some new things coming out your way on DVD this week. It looks like CSI, the ninth season, arrives on DVD on September 1st, starring Lawrence Fishburne and William L. Peterson. Also on September 1st, look for The Game, the first season, and that's starring Tia Maori and Kobe Bell. Also on DVD on September 1st, look for Supernatural Season 4 to arrive in stores. That's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next, we're going to take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies coming out on DVD this week, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Well, as far as movies coming your way on DVD this week, it looks like a new Coming out will be State of Play with Russell Crowe. And as far as older movies coming out on Blu-ray on September 1st, those will include Gladiator, starring Russell Crowe, and Braveheart with Mel Gibson, and Monster, starring Charlize Theron. And now those are all, like I said, re-releases on Blu-ray of those movies. And that's about it for movies coming out on DVD this week. Uh, coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we are going to talk to one of the original Brady Bunch. We are going to talk to Susan Olson. She played, of course, the youngest one in curls, Cindy Brady. And she's going to be talking about the Brady Bunch and also her new book, Love to Love You Brady's, which is out uh, this week. And uh, you can pick that one up. And uh, it's all over the Internet, and it's on TV. They're going to be talking with her, too. Um, but uh, we have her, and we have her for quite a while. We actually talked with, uh, you know, we don't give you a little five-minute thing or a little ten-minute thing. Uh, we give you a nice uh, interview with her, and uh, she tells, talks about all kinds of different things. And we know you're going to enjoy it. And if you're a Brady fan, you're going to listen to what she's been up to and all those different things. It's coming up next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Joining us today on On Screen and Beyond is one of the original Brady Bunch. She was the youngest one in curls, as the song said, and she has a new book coming out that looks deep into the show that featured the Bradys after the original show ended, the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. It's Susan Olson. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you. Susan, it was 40 years ago that the Brady Bunch hit the airwaves. Can you believe that after all this time, people are still going crazy over the Bradys? Yeah. I don't know why. It's never surprised me. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I I entertained magical thinking as a child. And um, I I just always thought that the show would be some, you know, break all kinds of records. And I, I just I wish I'd put a little more thought into um, it breaking all kinds of records into earning its star's money. But <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I always had this feeling that there, that there was something really special about it. And, um so it, it kind of doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, you know, everybody loves the Bradys. I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, it's just something that is, you know, uh, you know, I, I grew up with the Brady Bunch, you know, way back when. And uh-huh. and uh, obviously, you know, you grew up as a Brady. So yeah. <laughs> when that show was on, uh, were you able to walk around? Uh, did people, you know, attack you when you were on the streets or anything um, like that? Yeah, kind of. Um it, it really depended on where I was, but um, certainly during the heyday of the show, mm-hmm. I got recognized a lot. Yeah. And um, I, I've never been one to like that. I don't, I don't really think anybody does. It's, it's really a pain. Yeah. Um, but you know, as, as time went on, it, like I'll still get recognized, but I never know exactly when or why. Yeah, I can I can be around people, you know, regularly and have them not know who I am, or I could just go into uh, some store and, and the clerk says, "Oh, I I love that show." Really? <laughs> yeah. So I, I really it, it tends to be though I I do tend to get recognized the most when I look really bad and it's embarrassing. <laughs> That's always the way, right? Yep. <laughs> um, now uh, here you are, forty years later. You've decided to write a book. And about not the Brady Bunch, but well, in a sense, about the Brady Bunch, but but, but about specifically the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Um, yeah. What made you decide to to do Love to Love You Brady's? Well, I mean, but first I had to get something clear. It's really it's not my book. 
um, I contributed to it, mm-hmm. yeah. but um, but I didn't write the book. Yeah. Uh, the main author is Ted Nicholson, mm-hmm. and um, then it's also designed because it's very much a picture book. It's designed by a friend of mine named Lisa Sutton, and um, and I contributed in both areas. Uh, mostly, uh, what I did was to write the sidebars. Mm-hmm. So, it's like for people that don't want to actually read, <laughs> they can write, they can read my part. <laughs> um, so it's really a, a compilation of three people, and it was Ted Nicholson's idea, and it started with him having a Brady Bunch Variety Hour website, and um, I was put in touch with him because he wanted me to write something for the site. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wrote something along the lines of, uh, you know, this this website's very important. We must remember this show because, you know, if if we don't remember, something like this could happen again. (laughs) Kind of likening it to the Holocaust. (laughs) And so, and Ted got a lot of pressure from people to write a book. So he decided to do that, and then he approached me and said, would you write another forward, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And we got to talking, and I said, you know, Ted, this, is, this show is such a visual nightmare. You really ought to make it a coffee table book, a little mm-hmm. picture book. And mm-hmm. I know just the person who would be perfect to put that together. And um, I introduced him to my friend Lisa. And um, and then he got the idea. He said, instead of you just writing a forward, why don't you write sidebars throughout the book? I went, okay. So it was actually quite a few years later that now, you know, it's, it's finally done. But, gosh, I think it was at least four years ago that Ted and Lisa and I sat down and viewed all of the episodes in their entirety back to back. Just to get our feet wet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to start work. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you did you watch them on VHS? Because they have been um, released. Actually, Ted Ted is such a thorough, amazing person. Uh, he was able to get screeners from various different uh, resources, mm-hmm. and this is a show that's so forgotten that a lot of the material, like a lot of the the photographs and the various things that were used for the show have disappeared, and there aren't a whole lot of good copies of of the actual show. So he ended up taking um, like three different copies and compiling them, and were you know because videotape goes bad after eighteen years. Right. Yeah. And so he managed to get this really nice set of DVDs <laughs> just for us. And, um, and also for the cast. So we, we began the whole process um, by sending out a complete set of DVDs to all the cast members, along with um, a blindfold and earplugs and a barf bag. <laughs> so it was like a safety kit to go along with it. And just said, look at these and see what kind of memories uh, that conjures up. <laughs> now, so that show... Uh, now, I mean, I know you're, you're jokingly, but you, but it, you... It oh, it did, really is bad. Right. It's not just a joke. <laughs> I'm not just being silly about it. It's, it's really bad. In fact, by the time we got to, when we were having our, our variety hour marathon, um, mm-hmm. we're like, wow, you know, this isn't like so bad, it's good. It's so bad, it's, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> but there's an aspect to it. If you don't have to take it in... Uh, marathon doses that is just so campy it's, right. it's brilliant yeah. now, and the fact that it even existed and the fact that hardly anybody knows about it and we have guest stars like Tina Turner and Milton Berle and Charo right. I mean to see Mrs. Brady getting mad at Charo because she's flirting with Mike Brady <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's just like doing acid with the Brady Bunch right <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had Lee Majors on as a guest on our show one time about two months ago or so, and I wish I had thought about asking about because he was a guest on this show, right? Yes, he was. Uh, on the variety. He hour. was. Yeah. That yeah. was one of those cases where um, Ted and I used to say, those are guest stars where probably Sid and Marty Croft came to them with, with just a paper bag full of money <laughs> you know, when they were on the set and said, thank you, okay, bye. 
Because they just came on, they, they did one scene, and then they left. That was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, you know, then we could say that they were guest stars and, and get better ratings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, actually, uh, Sid and Marty Croft did this, but they also did Donnie and Marie. And, and yes. seeing portions, I've only seen portions on the Internet, and um, then, of course, Donnie and Marie, I've seen a little bit of that. Uh, they actually were quite a bit alike. They were totally alike. Yeah. They, you know, it's just that we had um, we had four Donnies and four Maries. <laughs> or actually, five if you include Anne and Rip. And um, you know, maybe three of us could perform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now going back to when the Brady Bunch ended, that the actual you know original series, mm-hmm. it was about two years before the other one started. But naturally, you must have started production before that. So it, it, well, was there only about a, a month, I mean, a year in between? or? Oh, no. I, it, it was at least two years. Oh, so in it, between. Yeah. they just threw it at it you and said, let's do it. It was long enough that we were missing each other. Uh-huh. So, so I, and that has a lot to do with why we, we said yes to it. Really? That, yeah, so how did yeah, they oh, approach yeah. you? Yeah, we, you know, it, it, was, it was the whole idea of, Getting back together again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, certainly for me, that was that was the appeal. So you all were very, very close. Then. Very, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, of course, now Eve uh, didn't come back to play uh, Jan, but Jerry came in to replace yes. her. Now, was and it... Eve didn't really feel good about that at the time. Oh, really? No. Um, I mean, there there were there were reasons, there were professional reasons. Um, and she was con- contractually obligated to do Alexander, The Other Side of Dawn, which um, was the sequel to her stellar uh, TV movie, Dawn, Portrait of a Teenage Runaway. Mm-hmm. And um, so she had these commitments, and, and frankly, come on, you know, it looked like her career was taking off. Why would she want to do this? Yeah. So, um, so she didn't, but, you know, it still bothered her. She came to visit us one time. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're still family. Look, I didn't do very Brady Christmas. Right, yeah. But the only thing that bothered me about that was knowing that everybody was going to be together and I wouldn't see them. So mm-hmm. we all got together for dinner uh, during that one. Yeah. yeah. Now, was it tough seeing Jerry take the place of Jan uh, after, you know, I mean, it's like somebody's being replaced, even though you're, you know, you're just acting. But still, uh, you know, Eve's not there. Jerry comes in. Uh, it's, was it tough? It's weird because um, this is one case, and I think this is why Jerry works so well, probably the, the best of, of any of us replacement girls, is that um, Jan wasn't being herself anyway. And this was such a foreign thing for the Bradys to be doing that it, it, it didn't seem as weird for somebody else to be playing her. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and of course, the reality of it is that she's the only one that was actually cast for the for the job. So she was cast because of her her ability to do the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so we all accepted her, um, you know, in that spirit too. It's like, well, Jerry's here to to raise the bar, to you know, to help fill in for those of us who can't do this. And, uh, you know, it it just didn't seem so much like she was replacing Eve, because she couldn't have replaced Eve. Right. And she just was always fake Jan. Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) she was on the show, oh, probably three, four months ago, and uh, she she was a delight to have on the show. Oh, she's a doll. Oh, yeah, she was a riot. Yeah. In fact, she's the one who mentioned it to me back then, back in, I don't know if it was May or June that we did the interview that uh, she mentioned you were writing the book and everything, so... Oh, great. Yeah. And uh, so, now, as far as uh, the castmate, of course, Florence, you know, she was a singer and and everything, and and very talented and everything. The kids in the show, uh, you had all touched a little bit of singing and dancing on the original show. Well, yeah, and it wasn't like they just, you know, threw us into this. Um, We had gone on concert tour, yeah. When we were kids, we yeah. made four albums. Was that tough doing that though? I mean, where where you weren't, you know, you weren't originally singers. They were, you know, well, sort of like the know, monkeys, mass producing. You know, that. back then, you know, it wasn't that tough because the the standards were so low. <laughs> <laughs> 
It was the seventies, and and well, there were certainly people that were good. I, you know, I remember Mike looking at Land and I talking, and and um, we were marveling at Michael Jackson mm-hmm. um, because you know, like you know, it, it, when we would rehearse. You know, we were constantly being pushed to, you know, try to look more like the Jackson Five or the Osmond Brothers or, you know, people that could actually, you know, people that actually had talent. And, um, and, and Mike and I were just going, God, but, you know, listen to Michael Jackson. I mean, you know, we can carry a tune. We can get by. We knew that it was more of a marketing device than, than you know, any artistic effort on our part. Right, yeah. But we were like, God, you know, he can really sing. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did very well, I think, for kids on a TV show. And oh, then, yeah. there were, you know, like Barry really got into it. Mm-hmm. And then he developed that talent. So for him, it was probably frustrating to be on the variety show and, um, you know, have us sort of dragging him down. <laughs> <laughs> now, were, were there any of you that, I mean, just hated doing that because, you know, because you didn't want to either sing or dance or any, were any of you that uncomfortable with it? Well, I, I was, and it wasn't because I hated um, singing and dancing. I just hated that music. Oh, okay. and I, you know, I had some desire to be involved in music, but it, it sure as heck wasn't disco. <laughs> and you know, I mean, back then it, it was the seventies, but there was, you know, there was, it wasn't just disco. You know, the um, the punk scene was just really starting up in New York, and uh, you know, the Ramones were playing at CBGB's, and you know, Bob Marley was still touring. And so, so you weren't going around seeing Sunshine Day every day? <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> no, I'm a Godsmack kind of girl. <laughs> I don't like easy listening. I like it very difficult. <laughs> um, you know, so I... I but... What's so crazy about it is that I felt totally, totally stupid and embarrassed doing this show and doing the musical numbers and knowing that I wasn't any good at them, but it wasn't even anything that I wanted to be good at so much. Yeah, yeah. But it was still fun. You know, it was still a job, and I still wish that I was better at it than I was. But, you know, like, I, I used to hate the Donnie and Marie show. Yeah. I used to listen to. I used to watch it just so I could go in my room and blast Led Zeppelin, <laughs> and it would sound all the better. Um, and yet, when we did our our guest episode on Donya Marie, I was sort of mesmerized by it. And I was watching Marie and just admiring her so much, and thinking, "Wow, this really looks like a lot of fun." I, I guess you know, it's, I don't like Broadway musicals, mm-hmm. but I'd love to be in one if I could sing. Yeah, yeah. Now they were guests on your show too, right? Uh, Donnie and Marie. Yeah. Yeah, and they they were filming right next to us. So every now and then, Donnie, yeah, you know, from time to time, Donnie would get thrown into our pool. <laughs> and they had the skating rink, and we had the swimming. Right, pool. that's right. They were skating, and you were swimming. Yep. That's right. I was trying. I was trying to think. Did you have the skating rink, or? <laughs> yeah, we just thought out the rink. <laughs> Now, I had read somewhere, of course, on the Internet, you, you know, you, you hear things and half the time they're not true and everything. But um, I had heard that Robert Reed did not like, he was very uncomfortable, I should say, doing the singing and dancing. Is that true? Well, no. Um, I mean, he was uncomfortable, probably in the same way that I was uncomfortable, just knowing mm-hmm. that I wasn't good at it. And, and he knew he, you know, he kind of had two left feet and he couldn't sing. Um, but he wanted to do it, so he was finding it very interesting. Um, he he took it on like another performance adventure. You know, right, Bob, he was a professional, a real actor. Yeah, yeah. And um, so he thought it would be fun, and and certainly when it came to doing the comedy, and particularly the broad sketch comedy, he was having a ball. I yeah. mean, he's having more fun than anybody on the show. Really. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Except oh. for when he's dancing, it, 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 he he is enjoying it, but it looks like he's in pain. <laughs> <laughs> now, now was Anne uh, B. Davis on the show, on that show too? Yes, she was. She was okay. I wasn't yeah. sure if she was on that one. Too. And she's she's very good. Uh, there, there's a guy Seth Rudinsky, who um, has a stand-up act, and he he used to do a little thing where he would show clips from the Variety Hour in his routine and, mm-hmm. and you know 
to to audiences whose mouths were agape, not believing that any any such thing ever existed. And one of the things that he pointed out that um, I hadn't really noticed until then was Anne's really good. Anne start you know she'll just casually come into a scene where where we're all singing and dancing, and then she starts hoofing it up, and she's really good. Well, she I mean she had been acting for. How many years? I mean, yeah, but but know. like not musicals. True, true. But then, um, then I saw that she did do musicals. Oh, <laughs> you she know, did in theater, and she's just a very, very talented person. Yeah, because I mean, I can remember her back on was it was she on Love That Bob or yes, it, yes. It, it, yeah, yeah, and the Bob Cummings, the Bob Cummings, the yeah. Bob Cummings show or Love That Bob. I, I just I remember Whatever. her. Yeah, I know. Show. Yeah, yeah, she was. The, the maid. Um, I was, I was going to oh, Chelsea. Uh, yeah, okay, I was going to say Rosie, but that's that's the Jetsons. <laughs> no, I was really thrilled when um, when we when we first met because I was like, oh boy, I'm going to work with Schultze. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but she's really good. I mean, she's very surprising. Very talented. I, frankly, I think that we all do better than should have been expected. Well, you, you know, know I good. mean, yeah, to, you know, when you're not, that's not what your expertise was. But no. they they put you into it, and I mean, you know, you were actors, and and it really, I mean, in a lot of ways, it wasn't that much worse than what what was going on. You know, it was the seventies. Right, there was a lot of really <laughs> bad stuff. <laughs> that's true. That's true. As we look back on things, we <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you were watching them at that time, it was like, wow, this is good. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it was they were good. <laughs> At the time, I thought, oh, this is bad, but oh well. <laughs> I used to make my friends promise me they wouldn't watch it. Really? Because they all lied. <laughs> the more I begged them not to, the more they were intrigued. <laughs> now, that show, it came out on, on uh, VHS, but it is not on DVD, correct? Um, it, it never came out on VHS. Oh, it never did? No, oh, I thought um, I had seen... The first I think the first three episodes are on a DVD, and um, Ted, uh, the, the author of the book, has looked into what it would take to release the shows on DVD, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's hugely expensive. Because, because the music? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, you look at companies like Goosey Ranker, and, you know, being able to do a show like the Carol Burnett show, they, right. they end up making some kind of a big deal. But there's enough episodes that they can amortize all these costs over the the cost of the units, and and there's only nine episodes here. You're right. Yeah. So it's just not cost effective, and I don't know. I I, I hate to see them all like really go on YouTube. Yeah. Because I'd like to see them be a little more special than that. I'd love to see some way for them to be released, mm-hmm. but. You know, I'm sure they'll find their way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Now, I know, and I'm not that much up on the, you know, how the, the money is paid and all that stuff. But I know the early '70s shows and '60s shows, they don't get royalties. But yeah, we get nothing. And that's a shame. I mean, I think see, that's, that's another reason why I'd like to see these released on DVD or aired. Yeah, we would now, actually make residuals. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Do those just. What what was the year that they started that, or or was it by shows? Nineteen seventy three. But but you know the people that were working in seventy three um, by now, if, if their show is still on the air, they're not really getting much of anything either, you know, because it dwindles. Yeah, I oh, think I see. that that the kind that somebody in our position, it would be it would be more like Friends. Okay, I, li- I like to look at Friends as a good comparison because mm-hmm. it's three guys, three girls. An entirely different era, and they had the leverage to say, "Okay, let's own a piece of the show." Yeah, and so they're probably going to make money off of it forever. Oh yeah, 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 and I, I think that's a shame. I mean, that you know, I mean, these studios are making, I mean, probably well, billions off with that. new media. Yeah, um, you know, and, and things coming along. Like, I love the fact that we have stuff like YouTube. I love. You know, even the fact that now on YouTube, you look and there's a little button that you can click. It says, download this video. That should be so completely illegal. Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that you can do that because it makes it so easy 
to be creative. Yeah. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the ways to make money off of something that you did years ago are, are dwindling. Mm. But, um, you know, i, I got to try to be optimistic about it. At least there's so much more of an avenue for being creative and artistic out yeah. there. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, it's just a shame that, you know, all, all the hard work that you guys put in yeah, isn't, I mean, isn't we rewarded. Could, I mean, and, and somebody's making money. We have the episodes. I'm not going to put them on YouTube. Right. <laughs> <laughs> neener, neener. <laughs> I, I want to make them and make people buy them. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to throw out a couple of emails, if I can, that people have, have sent in, because uh, to tell you the truth, I got hundreds of emails, but wow, I'm not going to ask cool. you all of those. <laughs> Very cool. As soon as I found out that you were going to be a guest, I posted that we were going to have you as a guest and if anybody wanted to ask questions they could email it to us so uh-huh. i mean i got bombarded but uh, i picked out a few here so i'd like to throw a couple at you okay uh, this one says uh, susan i read that you recorded commentaries for the second and third seasons of the brady bunch on dvd do you know why paramount did not include them on the dvds i enjoyed the first season commentaries and i am sad they did not have more of the rest of the series well, actually, Paramount was too cheap to get us into the studio for the second, third, or fourth, or fifth seasons. We only did the first season. The, um, the director involved wanted to have us on at least the second season. Mm-hmm. And um, funny folks at Paramount, they just don't like <laughs> to see those Bradys make any money. I mean, oh, that's, that's really crap, but that's, the only, that's really the only explanation. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't make any sense that there are only two episodes from the first season that have any commentary by cast members. Huh. Yeah. And, and it's always fun to hear what you guys have to say oh, about this. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes, gosh, I got, I got Spinal Tap on, on DVD, and they've got commentary through the whole thing as the characters. And yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Those guys are crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and that question was from Scott from Los Angeles, and he also asked, do you have any idea if the Brady Brides, the Bradys, or the animated Brady series will ever be released on DVD? They should do it, you know. Um, boy, the Bradys. I've, I've thought about um, maybe doing, having Chad do a, a book on, on the Bradys, except it's not funny. It's not... It was more of a series. Yeah, yeah. It, it just is bad. Do you think that's? Do you think that's why that didn't succeed? Because everybody was looking for the you know the, the happy go lucky type Brady Bunch. Yeah, and, it, and you know the fact that it sucked probably had a lot to do with it. Um, it no, it, it it's sad because it was an attempt to be serious. And on one hand, I don't think that people wanted to see us be serious. Right. Yeah. And on the other hand, if you're going to be serious, you know. Don't don't give Marsha a drinking problem that's resolved in an hour. Right. You know, yeah. Bobby's paralyzed, but look, hey, he's walking for his wedding day. It just it it just wasn't good. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the concept. Wasn't the, you know, it just wasn't good. Yeah. Now was was Sherwood Schwartz involved with that one? Yeah. He was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. I'm, I'm surprised he went that direction, or or did he have any input in that? Um. Well, I you know. Conceptually, it made sense. They were, they were calling it Brady something. Mm-hmm. It had to be kind of like thirty something. And yeah. I thought that we could transition into a serious format, um, but the critics called it Brady nothing. Yeah. And it, it just, even if it had been done really, really well, I still don't think that the public would have would have liked it. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted the Bradys. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. The, the, the reason why you want to... I mean, gosh, I, I would feel the same way about it. If I Love Lucy came back as a drama... Right, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so to answer Scott's question, um, you don't, you'd like to see it, but you don't... I'd love to see it come out because it'd be more money. But you don't, <laughs> but you don't know of any plans <laughs> of it, right? I, I don't know that anybody's planning on doing that. And, and again... There's so there's so little of it. There's only right. you know there's less than a season worth of episodes. But if somebody could take all of these rarities and kind of put them together, oh, hey, yeah. maybe I should do that. Yes, <laughs> an idea is born because uh, there isn't that much in the way of licensing with, with those shows. And and the Brady Brides, that's another one that hardly anybody knows about. Which one? The Brady Brides. There was the oh, yes, special, yeah. The Brady Girls Get Married, and that um, that's in the the box set of Brady Bunch episodes. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there was actually a three-camera sitcom called The Brady Brides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, hardly anybody knows about that. <laughs> Another one of those shows that, you know... <laughs> Everybody would probably enjoy. I mean, I like watching shows that, you know, no matter how good or bad, you know, just things you remember and things like that are always fun to watch. Well, yeah, yeah. And yet, like with Brady Brides and the Bradys, I think those are things where you start watching them and it's like, oh, well, yeah, gosh, I can see why this didn't work. And yet with the Variety Hour, it's it's, it's so garishly bad that it's fun. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just so visually unbelievable. Yeah. But you never know what's going to happen because uh, recently I saw, uh, it might have been a few months ago, there was a, a show that was being released on DVD, and I think it only lasted like four episodes, and then they cut it, and they were releasing it on DVD with episodes that were never shown on TV. So there was going to be like, you know, five more episodes <laughs> that you'd never huh. seen. <laughs> And I can't remember what show it was. Was but it Cop Rock? I really don't remember. No, okay. it was something more recent. I've been waiting for that one. Yeah, no, no, this was a more recent show, you know, just like within the last year or so. And they were putting it out, and it had been canceled after like three shows. You know? <laughs> so. Well, you know, that that's what happens so many times. They'll have all these shows already done, and, and then maybe even just one show will air, and mm-hmm. then the network pulls it. Yep. So it's kind of nice that we have these other ways of releasing material because, you know, then then all this effort doesn't go for naught. Right, and, and, you know, it's always fun to watch, you know, like I say, good or bad, you know, some people enjoy certain shows, and uh, if, you know, to be honest, some of the stuff that makes it on, on TV right now isn't that good either. So. Well, right, and if, and if there's a person that you like, if there's a performer that you really care about, you're going to want to see anything they do. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let me give you another question here. This is from, and I'm going to say this wrong, it's either uh, Elena or... Elena. Let's go with Elena. <laughs> she says, um, Were you friendly with all the child stars around on the set of Brady Bunch, of the Brady Bunch, from other shows besides your own show? What other shows in the 60s and 70s did you like? Well, um, you know, that was kind of a misconception when we were kids that all the shows filmed at the same studio. So people would say, oh, what's the Partridge family like? And I'd say, I don't know. Um, And, you know, I'd say, we we don't all know each other. But what's funny is over the years, (laughs) we, we did get to know each other. And we did get to see each other on talk shows or parades or you know, personal appearances and whatnot, mm-hmm. and it, it's sort of funny, because, like, just last week, I was babysitting Tabitha's dog. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, Aaron Murphy needed a dog sitter, and, um, and so I was telling a friend of mine, like, yes, it's true, all of us sitcom stars are friends. <laughs> um, I, I needed a lawyer uh, a couple years ago. And somebody asked me, oh, where did you find her? I'm like, well, it, it was uh, Mary McDonough. She played Erin on the Waltons. She recommended her. Oh, really? Yeah. So huh. we do sort of know each other. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but you know, I mean, we, we, we'll probably all hang out at some old age home today. <laughs> but back then, yeah, you back really didn't see really each other. Back then, we really didn't see each other. Yeah. Um, I, we met, Danny Bonaducci put this, like, showdown of the, Brady's and the Partridges mm-hmm. in his TV movie. Like we had had this confrontation where we didn't like each other, and that was that was complete fabrication. We did meet at a parade, and um, as I recall, we all got along splendidly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so you would like there'd be an ABC party, so all the ABC shows would be there. And, yeah, you know, you'd, you'd meet whoever's on those, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot of fraternization. Uh. Okay. Well, and, and the second part of her question was, uh, uh, besides your own show, what other shows from the 60s and 70s did you like? Well, I loved the Beverly Hillbillies mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I liked the Partridge family at the time. Yeah. And I loved All in the Family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Mary Tyler Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, our own lineup of... Uh, Nanny and the Professor, Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, Odd Couple, 
and Love American Style. There's a lot of classics right yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like those. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we have another question from Dan. He says, now that Maureen has publicly spilled the beans on herself in her autobiography, uh, were you and perhaps others, while on the Variety Hour set, aware of her cocaine abuse? And yes, did anyone... and I talk about it in the book. Oh, you do? So go out and buy the book. Yes. They... I, but we never would have said anything if she hadn't. Right, oh yeah, and I, I even say in, in my sidebar about it, I said, I wouldn't be speaking of this if she hadn't. Right. Because yeah. we, we don't... We don't tattle. Unlike Cindy Brady, we're not tattle. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's see, here's another. Tanya, she says, um, first of all, I enjoyed watching the Brady Bunch. And what was your least favorite Brady Bunch episode? Oh, the Shirley Temple one. Oh, that you hated that It was incredibly embarrassing. Ah. <laughs> yeah, it was a great idea that they had first season and if they had done it when I was seven it would have been cute but yeah. they waited till I was 12 I had braces a totally awkward age mm-hmm. and uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I look at you know even with the wisdom or of, of distance I look at that now I still go why Really? Well, yeah. I mean, why? You know, since he's yeah. twelve years old, why does she want to be Shirley Temple? Yeah, you would pass that point, and 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 it's just not cute. Some some <laughs> writer must have been sitting there thinking, "Oh, this will be really good." <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they talked about doing it the first season, mm-hmm. and which would have made sense. Would have been really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that was yeah, that was pretty bad. All right, and uh, one more here from somebody from, all, all it was from was the U.K. I don't know where in the U.K. or who it was. They didn't believe their name, but it says, has, been, uh, has being so successful in childhood been a help or a hindrance in your adult acting career? Well, you know, well in the acting career, it was, unfortunately, I would say it's a hindrance mm-hmm. in, an, in an actual acting career yeah. um, because there is the typecasting. But in the world of entertainment, it's a help. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a push. It's a it's a double edged sword. It's a help and a hindrance. Yeah. It's a floor wax and a dessert topping. <laughs> and only only a few people out there are old enough to know what that's a reference to. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Okay, that's it. I, that's about it for the emails. We won't get into. I mean, we could spend days doing the emails. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but uh, I just like to hit a couple more things. What made you decide to get into acting in the first place? Well, I know you started at a very um, young did, age, right? I was a kid. I was really little. Yeah. I was 14 months old. So it wasn't a decision on your part. <laughs> it, it, my, my parents took me out. Actually, I'm, it's, it's a weird, long story, but um, I, I got out of the business when I was three, and then I got rediscovered when I was five. And my brothers had done acting, and my sister had acted, and, um, and they had all quit. They had all gotten sick of it and stopped. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom had just pulled me out because she was tired of taking kids on auditions and studios. And then, you know, I'm at, I'm at school, and a talent ca- scout came to the school and picked me to, to uh, be on the Pat Boone show. So she said, well, gosh, you know, maybe it's fate. Um, you never really got your chance. Do, do you want to do this? And I remember very well her asking me. So, yeah, it, you know, it was a choice when I was five, but the choice was based on, yeah, I want to do what my brothers did. You know, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it just it seems cool. It seems interesting. And then when I did it, I, I really loved it. So there were no regrets about it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't, didn't really know what I was getting into. It wasn't like I had some burning desire to right. you know, set the world on fire. Right, at age five. You... <laughs> well... 
I've known some five-year-olds that well, yeah, they, well, yeah. they, <laughs> they really want to, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I, I've seen it in kids, and, it, you know, it, it's hard because I don't think it's the healthiest environment, but there really are kids that are just dying to to have some sort of a creative outlet like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, I understand you were in a movie with Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Did you actually get to meet him? Yeah, I did. You did? Um, at the time, I wasn't a fan of his at all. How old were you? I was six. Six years old, okay. And, um, in fact, I, I should have had a much larger role in the movie. But um, at the last minute, I went on all kinds of auditions, and then they, they thought maybe I was just a little too young because I would have to sing and dance and act. And they thought, oh, gosh, it's an awful lot of material for a girl that young. So they, they hired Buffy from Family Affair. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. But they liked me, so they wanted me to do a little something. So I sang a song in the movie. Oh. And um, at the time, I thought, oh, Elvis movie, who cares? I don't like him. <laughs> And I thought he was ugly, and, and, and then I met him, and I went, whoa, I, wow, I guess I do see what they mean. Was he a nice guy? He just, there was a whole persona around him, and believe me, you know, I wasn't a fan, so I couldn't have been conjuring this up in my head, mm. but he turned around, and his eyes are so blue, and he was so handsome, and he just had this, this whole charismatic thing about him. Hmm. And I went, wow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> now, uh, one more thing about how, how did you get the part of Cindy Brady? How did that come about? Just another audition. It was just yeah. an audition? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really wanted to be on a series. I wanted to have a steady job. And so um, my parents knew this was an important audition for me. And so we cut... Uh, a vacation short. We came back. We were vacationing in Las Vegas, and we came back so I could do the audition. Um, it was three days after my seventh birthday, mm-hmm. so I, I was very hopeful at the time, and especially since it, it was a show that would have other kids in it. Yeah. But um, you know, just just the typical audition process. Although the only thing that was different about this is that they never had us actually read script. Oh, really? Yeah. They just wanted to find out who who, uh, who was interesting, um, who came across well on camera. And then, of course, most of us already had work that we'd done. I'm sure Sherwood looked at what I'd done on other shows, but he was more concerned about finding six interesting kids hmm. rather than six actors. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Now, uh, with the Variety Hour, you went from a half-hour show to a 60-minute show. Was that yeah. difficult, going jumping you know, for a whole extra half-hour of taping, which isn't what people think, just a half-hour of taping? <laughs> well, no, because nothing was ever done in real time. Right. It's, it's not like, um, like a lot of the three-camera shows. When you do a half-hour show, you're actually like performing it for probably you know 45 minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. um, we you know we we filmed specific scenes each day, and so whether you know whether it was one script or, or the next, it, it it all blended into each other. So um, that really, I, I didn't notice much difference really? between a half hour and an hour. Uh-huh. Um, now was it different? Uh, in the sense that you had to learn songs and dance routines as opposed yeah, to... Yeah, well, the main thing that was different is that this is a production company that didn't understand working with minors. Uh, and, you know, the Brady Bunch, when it started out, you have six six out of nine principal cast members are under the age of 18 and have to work within the labor laws of children. So you're going to have to accommodate that, whereas on the Variety Hour, only three of us were underage. So, you know, we would be doing school on the set, and mm-hmm. then, you know, it'd be time to do rehearsal. And, um, you know, next thing you know, it's time for us to leave. And as a result, we would get cut out of a lot of the numbers. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, we'd be, we'd be hanging around, 
and they wouldn't be using us when we were available. And we think, well, gosh, you know, they just don't know how to manage our time well, and and it's a very difficult thing to do. Hmm. So yeah. we ended up. It, that's in the book too. We ended up coming back, you know, leaving the set, you know, saying goodbye to our welfare worker, and then sneaking back to to do rehearsals, and uh, we got caught. <laughs> and she was going to pull our, our work permits, and that would have been the end of the show. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Susan, I, I wanted to talk about Precious Paws. Can you give us a little idea about that? Yeah, that's a, a nonprofit organization that I'm on the board of directors of. Um, I'm a foster mom. I got involved in the Bottle Baby program here in Los Angeles, and uh, if anybody doesn't know about it, it's actually an opportunity to have a lot of fun. Um you can uh, sign up, get your training, and what you do is you take in unweaned bottle babies, little puppies and kittens that come into the shelter, mm-hmm. and uh, get them weaned and potty trained and all that stuff and all ready for adoption. And it's really fun. I got involved with that, and then I met Georgine Lalone, who runs Precious Paws, which is a cat rescue. Mm-hmm. And so I started fostering for her, and this way now I know where where my little foster kitties go. Um, I, I'm more involved in the adoptions rather than taking them back to the shelter and kind of dumping them there, right, not, not knowing. knowing what happens yeah. to them. Yeah, especially um, you must grow attached to them, even though you know you just have them for a certain time. Right. I just, you know, putting them back into that system, and God bless the people who work that system. I know they're way overburdened, but cats are really in crisis. Um, you know, they're, they're almost becoming vermin. And, um, you know, the... The population is ridiculous, and so there, there's so many to, to handle. And you, know, you take them out of the shelter system, it's really hard to put them back into that system because there's, there's no guarantees. And, um, you know, spay and neuter. Bob Barker said it for years. It, you know, it's just so, so important because, you know, the, the domestic cat and dog wouldn't exist if it wasn't for us. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, we've created them, and we've... We've destroyed any natural environment that they would have. So we have a moral obligation to them. And I, I think it's just, you know, it's criminal for any of them to be born that, that don't have homes to go to. But um, the numbers are only increasing. And yeah. Yeah, I've got six little foster babies upstairs in the nursery um, <laughs> waiting for their bottle. Now, um, now, maybe I shouldn't say this, but that's not one of the ones you sat on, was it earlier? <laughs> no, that was, that was a grown one. Um, <laughs> that was Marilyn. She's right here. Marilyn is a mama cat, and I took her in with her three babies, and uh, she was an owner surrender, which means that she had an owner, and they went, oh, she's pregnant here, mm. and dumped her off at the shelter, oh, which, you know. That ain't cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I took her in. She has three beautiful daughters, and she's a, an orange tabby, and her daughters are orange tabbies, and it's very unusual for orange tabbies to be female. Hmm. So we yeah. had them here, and she forgives me for stepping on her. <laughs> People didn't hear that. That was off the air before okay. we got on the air. So. <laughs> yes, I was saying, he was explaining to me that we could cut anything out if anything bad happened. I said, oh, like if I step on a cat, and right then I actually did it. it amazing. <laughs> and, and I was wondering what was going on, because all of a sudden you screamed. And <laughs> oh, I know. I guess you didn't hear Marilyn scream, too. But. No, I, I couldn't hear the cat. <laughs> But it's funny you mentioned Bob Barker when he was a guest. That's how he ended the show, the whole taping. He, I said, do you mind ending with your famous line that you ended your, your TV show with? And that's how he ended the show. And he says, I'd be insulted if you didn't ask me to do it. Uh, well, I loved it. We did the Game Show Awards. Yes. And yes. Um, it was a whole tribute to him. And, boy, they mm-hmm. put the spay and neuter message across at least four times. Oh, yeah. And um, I got up there because we won an award, and I, I thank Bob Barker for reminding people to stay in neuter. It's, it, you know, it's, it's simple. It's, um, it's low cost. There's so many low cost places where you can get it done. And if you could see what I see, if you could see how many babies come into the shelter, these darling, sweet little babies that just, you know, they get euthanized. Mm-hmm. They're being born left and right. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. Yeah, it's, it's really tragic, and these are very intelligent animals that don't deserve that kind of life. 
Mm-hmm. And so you can go to preciouspaws.org, and half of the half of the cats that you see on our um, adoptable kitties, um, probably about maybe half of them were were raised by me. Yeah. <laughs> that means they're extra good. They should use that as a a, a, a pitch to to you know, hey, this cat was taken care of by Susan well, Olson. Well, <laughs> maybe although we wouldn't want the other ones to have have less of that's, it. <laughs> But yeah, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try to work it. Yeah, <laughs> try to, you know, pull my celebrity out of my hat to to help these guys. Well, we'll definitely put a a, a link to that too uh, on yeah. on our site too, so people can go to that and. Yeah, uh, there's some fun stuff on there. I was on a reality show called "Give Me My Reality Show," and I used kittens mm-hmm. in the show. And so there's there's fun links on there. So please go to preciouspaws.org. And of course, if you have any money laying around that you don't want. Give it to us. That'll always help, We need right. a kibble doesn't grow on trees. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Donations are accepted, I take it. <laughs> yes. We, we take PayPal, and it is a tax donation. Uh, it's tax deductible. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, as we finish up here, I, and, and I appreciate you taking so much time to, to talk to us, but of all the things you did on that show, off screen, on screen, whatever, did you guys ever hear, you know, you're telling us you got in a little bit of trouble. Was there a lot of, you know, horsing around going on with the shows, or, or were you guys pretty much, you know, just doing the show professionally and that's it? Yeah, there was so much work to it that we really didn't have the time or the energy to horse around. Really? Yeah, I mean, the most horsing around that we did probably was uh, uh, Jerry and Mike and I used to ditch school <laughs> um, and go hang out with Chevy Chase and Paul Schaefer. Ah, I read that somewhere too that you yeah. guys, yeah, because they had been a guest on your show. No, they oh, were they just uh, they were filming Chevy's first special. He had just left Saturday Night Live, and mm-hmm. they were filming his special. They were in pre-production, and uh, Paul was just so fun. And you know, they run into us. They go, "Hey, you know, want to want to come back to our offices?" Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, we're supposed to be going to school, but we go back there, and Jerry would sing. Paul would play the piano. <laughs> and I'd be looking out the window, see our teacher looking around for us. <laughs> uh, well, the book comes out September, correct? Yes. I think, you know, well, actually, right now it's available through Amazon.com. I, I thought I saw that yeah, it was, and I didn't know if that was a mistake early or not. Bird. Yeah, yeah, they must have, must have started early on that one. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it is available. People can get it, and September, every, everywhere they'll get it. We're going to put a link on our Great. site. Great. Thanks. So they can get to it. And uh, Susan, we, we appreciate you coming so much. It's been so much fun having you on the show. Oh, well, thank you. No problem. My pleasure. Susan was such a great guest, and we want to thank her very much. She's so busy. She has, you know, her book coming out and her Precious Paws Animal Rescue, and we really appreciate her taking the time to talk to us for so long. And uh, right on our website, we have a link to where you can get Love to Love You Brady's. There's all kinds of different places you can get it, of course. You can get it probably at your local bookstore, and uh, you want to check that out. It's a good book. I've had a chance to see it, and uh, it's, it's, it's a fun book. And also, she has uh, a link. We have a link, rather, to her Precious Paws uh, Rescue. And uh, that's up there, too. So you might want to check that out, you know, if you uh, care about cats and things like that and want to help out with that if you're in the L.A. area or if you're just uh, anywhere, you can help out with that. So a lot of good causes that she's involved with. So uh, also uh, remember to check our website for information on future guests so you can email your questions to us for uh, us to ask them in the future show. Uh, But be sure to check back often because sometimes... It's only up there for a day or, or less sometimes, uh, not less, but, uh, you know, a day or two. Uh, but sometimes it's on there longer. But anyways, um, you want to check because, we, you know, if we have the interview coming up, we have to have those out there quickly, and uh, it's something that you have to uh, keep an eye out on. So if you if you like to ask some questions, uh, just email them to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we can uh, see about getting yours on. Unfortunately, like I say, uh, with, with especially with like Susan, we got hundreds of emails. Uh, some of them were duplicates, so we were, you know, we, we were able to fix those up. But... Um, it is something that we can only play so many, so uh, we want to make sure that uh, we get as, you know, we try to get as many as we can, but uh, time is limited. So uh, check that out, email it to us, and if we find yours, uh, you know, you might make yours in. And uh, 
Let's see, what else was I going to let you know? Oh, yes. Uh, so, like I said, check those out. Uh, but uh, I will be putting one up very soon. Um, you know, probably by the time this is out, it'll probably be up. Uh, we are going to have Robert Wagner as our guest. Robert, of course, is a very distinguished actor. Uh, for years, he's been in movies and things like that. And uh, for younger listeners, uh, you might recognize him as playing number two on the Austin Powers movies, the guy with the patch. And uh, he was also a con man uh, who married Charlie's mother on Two and a Half Men, and he, he died in that show. <laughs> but uh, he was on for a few shows at the end of, uh, I think it was last season. So, uh, you know, you may recognize him if uh, you're a younger younger listener but uh, Robert is going to be coming on the show and if you have a question you would like to ask him you can send it to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com and we'll see about getting your question to Robert when we do the interview so uh, that's something to keep an eye out for in the future and uh, we've got more there's going to be more that'll be posted and everything because we are constantly getting people to interview and uh, we always try to give you a chance to ask your questions. And we appreciate uh, those of you that sent in for Susan Olson. And let me tell you something. We are still working on getting some more Bradys on the show. So keep an eye out for that because you never know when we're going to pop in uh, something that will say, you know, so-and-so will be on the show. Send us your questions about that. So anyway, so if you're a Brady fan, keep an eye out because we do have more things in the works and it's all right here and on screen to be on. So stick around. Okay. And that's about it. We're going to wrap it up now. So uh, until next time, when episode 73 comes your way, this is Brian saying, take care. <laughs>